Big questions, even bigger guests. This is The Big Interview. Good day and welcome to The Big Issue. What a week in football that it has been. Uh, and we're going to talk about it all. This European Super League, uh, you know, when we started off on Monday, it was one thing. Uh, four, sorry, six Premier League teams uh, joined in uh, to this European Super League idea. Uh, um, the likes of Barcelona, Real Madrid um, and other teams, other large European teams joined in as well. And, um, you know, to say the least, it was a show this week. Um, all of the news that came out was ridiculous. We, you know, we saw deals being signed in place and now all of the teams have kind of withdrawn, but uh, it's still an issue. It's still, it's still a, a really big problem. Uh, the fact that they've signed all of these deals in place and now that they're withdrawing we don't know what that means but we have to talk about it uh and to talk about it i've have our international news correspondent mr kurt buckerfield kurt how are you doing today man good slew how's it going all good all good man let's just dive right into this uh so you know as i've said um you know this this week in football has been absolutely ridiculous um where we stand currently is that you know, the European Super League will not be a thing next season at the very least. We know this. But um, let me get your reaction as a Manchester United fan specifically. Um, you know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to relate as an Arsenal fan, of course. <laughs> but, um, you know, what was your reaction when you saw this news starting off this week? Um, you know, I, I was really surprised because just nobody expected this to come so soon. Um, and for, for all 12 clubs or, uh, you know, none of us knew how many clubs were involved, but for all of these clubs to make the announcement at the same time. But when it was announced, I didn't even need to see that Manchester United were one of the clubs involved. I wasn't too surprised by their involvement. I think that they'll frame it as, um, you know, similarly to how Barcelona did, we always need to be at the for forefront of, of innovation um, in football. And I feel like you know, that's just the current climate. I think the, the wealthier clubs were always going to try and do something like this at some point. So I wasn't too surprised as a Manchester United fan, um, but I do completely understand the reaction. Um, I'm, I'm sure you saw that a few Manchester United fans actually protested yesterday at the Carrington training ground complex yeah. um, in England yesterday. They even chatted to Solskjaer, who try to defend the Glazers, um, you know, whether Solskjaer really feels the Glazers have the club's best interests at heart. That's, that's, you know, we can't be sure of that, but you try to defend them and those fans basically said, bullshit, this is what, um, you know, all they care about is, is taking money about this club. Um, and it's, yeah, man, I, I completely understand the frustration. I understand why those guys want the Glazers out. I understand why Gary Neville's gone on Sky Sports and all of these high-profile journalists and supporters have come out to uh, denounce the, the project, the idea of this European Super League. How do you think uh, 
owners will respond because obviously there's no love loss and there wasn't love loss even before this European Super League idea, um, you know, for any owners. And, and this is this is one of those conversations that fans have between each other where, you know, uh, I know Arsenal's owners, I f- hate uh, the yeah. guy, um, you know, uh, th- the way that they've conducted business over time has been very... Um, What's the right word? It's it, it's been it's been very detached. It's it's one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and so, how do you think that they'll respond moving forward? Because obviously they still own these teams, you know. Uh, so yeah. so, what do you think their response will be over time? Yeah, there's, there's a like you you alluded to now. There's a massive disconnect between the billionaire owners and its fan base or the club's fan base. Um, so you know what? I don't think it it harms them too much. A few of them have released statements since um the severe backlash from fans um saying sorry apologizing for what they did um maybe a few of them or at least a few of them have claimed to not understood the the seriousness of the situation um oh well now we get it now we kind of understand why you guys didn't want us to do this we understand that you guys are the most important thing um I'm not sure I, I entirely buy that, but you know what, Slew, at the end of the day, when you look at, well, when you try and analyze this whole situation, you have to say, who are these people? Where do they come from? Um, why is there such a large disconnect? And I think it would be silly of us to to feel that these guys should have the same relationship with football that supporters from these clubs have. It's it's almost impossible. These guys are, are multi, multi billionaires whose feet don't touch the ground and they do not have this, the, the, the same relationship with the sport that, that fans do, especially fans from like Manchester United, from Arsenal. So it's very um, difficult for them to grasp the, the seriousness of it all, you know, for them to understand why these fans are so upset. So of course they'll, they'll hear the fans out and they'll release these statements apologizing but don't get it twisted. If something like this comes up again, they'll be there again, all of these guys, um, because this is what they do. A few of them own multiple franchises. Stan Kroenke's obviously got his hand in a few other sports, um, as does a few of the other owners. It's not going to change much. I think the right thing for them to do is to apologize, um, is to come out and say, we're sorry. Um, you know, Going forward, we will essentially take a few more things into account. But not much is going to change. This is this is this idea isn't dead. I think for now, the Super League is dead. I was in a press conference yesterday with the La Liga president Javier Tabas, and he said this is dead. If if there are six Premier League clubs, uh, or all the six Premier League clubs have pulled out, it's dead. This thing can't mm. continue. Um, if there are no German clubs, it can't continue. So for now, it's dead. Um, Florentino Perez is trying to push the, uh, the the Real Madrid president and chairman of the Super League. Um, he, it, it, he doesn't want to throw in the towel. It looks very funny, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Yeah, he 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 came out and said that the project is on standby. And so, uh, you know, my next question is: Is this the last that we see of this of the Super League over the next few years? I mean, we know that UEFA uh, has their own plan in place, and it's a plan that should be scrutinized as well. And I don't think enough people are paying attention to um, the, the changes that they want to make to the Champions League um, because you know they they, they want to have it be a, a legit league, not you know the same group phases that we're used to. They want to yeah. have it be you know. 
20, uh, 20 or, or what was it? Uh, actually, no, it's, it's all of the 40 teams, but there's a coefficient um, in their plan that still has the same types of ideas that the UEFA Champions League has uh, in terms of keeping the most valuable clubs in the picture, regardless of where they finish. So yes. you could finish outside of the European qualification spots, but still make it because you're a valuable team. So um, do you think that the Super League is dead? Do you think that we're going to, you know, have to accept the UEFA Champions League's um, changes and, and shifts? What do you think we're going to see over the next couple of years uh, from this entire yeah. Well. So you could look at it two ways. You could look at it as these 12 owners really trying to start this breakaway league, or you could look at it as them trying to force UEFA's hand. And uh, they've pretty much done that. UEFA was set to announce this format change on Monday. Um, the Super League was announced on Sunday. Now, if you think about it, it's probably, or that was probably done because they felt like UEFA's changes maybe weren't soon enough. Um, and maybe weren't they weren't entirely happy with what UEFA were proposing or set to propose, and therefore took it upon themselves to, um, you know, release this Super League idea, which didn't seem like a finished idea. You know, mm. if we look at it, it was it was announced. All the clubs announced it, um, but there was no explanation of what the format was going to be. There was no PR. There was no uh, one person coming out to defend it. It was just Florentino Perez and Andrea Agnelli, um, the Juventus president. Mm. It didn't seem like a well-thought-out plan, and therefore, it makes me feel as if it wasn't. <laughs> it makes me feel like it just really wasn't that well-thought-out, and these guys were trying to rush something um, and, and almost strike fear into UEFA, into Alexander Sephora and the UEFA president, um, and, and basically see what reaction they would get. Because now, the reports since have stated that UEFA are set to make this this format change happen soon, right? And they are essentially going to appease these club owners. Um, we don't know if they're going to give them more power because that's what it seems like these, these guys want. They want more of a say. They want to be able to essentially do a little bit of governing of, of the tournament. Yeah, and apparently UEFA are also set to make more funds available, um, which is also quite funny because apparently the budget uh, was was it around two to three or four billion? And now UEFA is set to increase that budget to seven billion. Um, so it's like as soon as people come forward saying, "Well, we're going to join a, or start a breakaway league," UEFA are like, "No, no, no, we've got the money. Please stay." So yes, you're right. They should also be coming under scrutiny, and they have uh, in some parts. But yeah, man, um, very interesting to see their reaction. And I think their initial idea was for the format change to be introduced twenty. Three or 20, uh, 2023 or 2024, but I feel like it's probably going to happen sooner because you know that's essentially what will stop the threat of these owners uh, banding together to try and get this Super League off the ground. Yeah, and you know, uh, it's a pretty iffy situation that we're in now because I don't know, and I'm sure you probably also don't know fully what the extent of the deals that have already been signed are uh, because you know on monday and tuesday i remember they just there was there was all these reports coming out about oh they've signed with you know disney plus and amazon prime for 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 broadcasting rights teams are guaranteed 250 million dollars i was like what is even happening how is yeah. all, how are all of these deals already signed and in place um 
and and I think that's why you know Florentino Perez has come out and said it's on standby because there's still all of these agreements in place. So so what do you think the blowback will be from the fact that all of these teams have already agreed to something and now pulled out? Well, I think you have to question Florentino Perez in this case because you know in football circles he isn't really seen as the most trustworthy guy. Um, in the world. So when he comes out and says that these teams can't pull out, it's not that simple. There are contracts, the contracts are binding. Um, I'm just not sure whether we should believe him or not because, you know, so let's say nine clubs have pulled out. They've all announced their withdrawal. Mm. And I just don't think that Florentino Perez can stop them from doing that because whether these contracts were signed or whether, you know, if Florentino's put pen to paper on, on a deal with all of these things, that's a different idea. But I don't know if he has all these people's signatures. Um, I think they probably all will have, have agreed to the league and were ready to form this breakaway Super League. But I don't know, Stu. I don't think we should uh, take his word for it. You know, we've got all these presidents and all these club owners coming out to say it's done. We aren't going to participate. The English team seem to really be um, serious about uh, withdrawing. They've all said we've withdrawn. It's not. Uh, you know, we are thinking of or we are considering like Barcelona have done. They're saying we've withdrawn from the competition and this wasn't the right way to go about things. So for, so for Florentino Perez now to turn around and say, well, I've got all of your signatures. You guys can't go anywhere. Um, when the, the competition lasted an amazing 48 hours, you know, I just don't think he has much of a, a leg to stand on there. I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I mean, you know, looking at... Uh... UEFA's proposed changes for the 2024-25 edition. Um, you know, it's it, it, there's a reason why I think um, you know the Europa's European Super League, sorry, um, is dead in the water. But um, I, I don't think that anybody is really paying attention to what UEFA wants to do because it's also going to be a drastic change from what we used to. Uh, one, 36 now competing clubs that they want. Um, two, the, the standard group stage um, will not be, be in play and it's going to be uh, an entire, it's, it's such an Americanized system of, um, okay, so these guys qualify, but these guys go to playoffs and then yeah. you know, they, they, they join up with the rest type of thing uh but there's also there's also um okay i want to i want to read this out loud um so slots three and four awarded to clubs with the highest club coefficients that have not qualified automatically for the champions league uh stage but have qualified either for uh the qualification stage of the europa or the europa conference league which is also another thing that's it has been introduced so all of these i feel like what they're trying to do is trying to maximize uh tv watchability basically um but but you know when you start to talk about coefficients and we have to bring out the calculators i as a south african first get nervous because now i'm sitting there going okay so arsenal finished sixth but there's still a chance of making champions league like like I, i feel like a lot of the Super League ideas are just kind of the new UEFA ideas uh, in a different in a different way, like too aggressive in, in some in some ways. But the UEFA ideas are still tr- are troublesome to me, and so I, I want to get your like your thoughts 
what, what do you think of, 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 of the fact that maybe uh, all of this hype will die down, but UEFA will get away with changing the entire format of the Champions League? Yes, it's, it's, it's a loaded question. Um, yeah. It is, because there's, there's just a lot going on here. Look, obviously, I, I do believe that no team should be playing in a, in a tournament they didn't qualify for. You should never be getting into any group, um, you know, because of your name or because of, of you were one, the fact that you were once great and that you once got to a Champions League final or that you've been consistently in the top four of a, a domestic division like the Premier League. Or, you know, I, I don't buy into that and I don't like the idea, but I do think that we as fans are going to have to accept a few things we don't like um, about the, the upcoming changes. You know, I feel like we, we are going to have to at some point bite the bullet because, you know, format changes have, have happened in football. Mm. Uh, 30 years ago, the Champions League isn't what it was now. And that was before my time. I, and, and, you know, there will have been people who, who were around to see that format change. And, and I, I don't know what the reaction was like at the time. There have been format changes in the Premier League um, and in domestic cups. So I think that we're just going to have to accept that there will be changes, um, some of which we don't like. Um, I think that the Super League was a very extreme version of, of what UEFA will eventually present. Um, they were just like, well, Tottenham Hotspurs in yet, you know? because of their rich owners uh, because of Daniel Levy and because he's able to uh, able to broker a deal um, and that's something that I was very very against because since when did Spurs have uh, European pedigree when since when did Spurs get in because I mean they've won two league titles uh, in their existence and mm. I think the last one was 1961 and before yeah. that it was 1958 or something like that and they'll continue to get roasted for that by the way. so so it's just that's something that we don't like because you look at all of these teams that Spurs were among and you you look at the group and think okay well that's Barcelona Real Madrid of course all of these sides have won the Champions League um, Liverpool Manchester United AC Milan Inter Milan and then Spurs you know, mm-hmm. why are, are Spurs among there? And no offense to you, Slu, but why, why is Arsenal? Why the there? f is Arsenal? You saw me tweet about it earlier this week. Yeah, what, I mean, what where are the you guys in the Premier League, League at the moment? Is it 10th or something like that? Or? It's an easy, it's a smooth 10th. And also the last time we were in a Champions League final, I was in grade eight. So. Yeah, so, so you know what, we don't like that. Now, I think that with UEFA's proposal, you will have to get the majority of teams or all the teams but two will have to get in um, you know, they will have to qualify for this new Champions League and then two teams, two coefficients, um, which is something that we don't like. But you know what? I would rather take that than have four or five teams in a in a 15 or 20 group, uh, 20. What was it? 20 teams, right? They were said to be in the, the, the European Super League. I'd rather have that yeah. than have a number of teams that don't deserve to be there and that are only in that group considered among Europe's elite because of what they have in the bank um, and because they have a few guys needing to pay off stadiums and and that's led them to jumping um, at the chance to be considered among Europe's elite because when you think about it Spurs moved into a new stadium you know exactly why Daniel Levy would have taken that offer Florentino mm-hmm. Perez who's still pushing the idea and who refuses to give up on the idea um, is, is paying off stadium renovations and has 
experienced obviously major setbacks because of the coronavirus pandemic, the, yep. the economic strain it's caused his club. And then you, you consider that and you, you look at what he's doing and it goes, oh, it makes sense. I get why he's trying to push this agenda. I get why yeah. he's trying to push this narrative. It's because he has debts to pay off. Um, and that's where it's coming from. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, for me, it's just like, you know what? I'm not really happy with the coefficient idea. I'm not really happy with the format change, but, uh, you know, change is always uncomfortable. And uh, nobody ever wants to see, like, this Champions League that we believe is so successful um, become a, a, an entirely new thing. And, you know, the one point that they do have, Slu, is that the Champions League has lost some appeal um, in, in group stages, especially. Um, mm. and, and Florentino Perez kind of, he made sense when he said that uh, people only watch from the knockout rounds. And you know what? That's kind of true. Because when Manchester United are playing in a group stage match, um, I'm okay with missing a game when it's against Bashakshia from Turkey. Sorry yeah. to say. I don't want to, uh, you know, I hope that doesn't upset people. But that's... That's facts. I, I'm all good with that. You know, I, I'm okay with missing a game. But you best believe if it's a round of 16 tie against Inter Milan, I'm there glued to the screen. Um, yeah. So, you know, they did make a few points. Um, I'm not sure where they got their data from when, when they said young people aren't interested in football anymore. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I have to put on my conspiracy theorist hat uh, just for this last part, because, you know, part of me goes, why was it so intense on Monday? Why why was there so much news, like, like back to back to back, we just saw headlines? Um, mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that goes, do you think uh, that... It was just not necessarily staged, but they that they did it that way just to, you know, uh, have some uh, weight when they uh, enter the negotiation phase for next season's Champions League TV rights and all of that stuff uh, for all of these big teams. Uh, particularly just because, you know, when I think about Arsenal and Spurs involvement, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It, 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 seems, it seems like they were making a power play like they were they were going okay we're the most yeah. valuable teams on the continent and so if we w- were to do this what would it take away from you so uh, what are your thoughts there it's just a it's not a it's not the wildest conspiracy theory but i just feel like they were making a huge negotiation play here yeah no i i absolutely can uh, believe something like that would um not be beyond these guys you know I, I think that and i kind of alluded to it earlier i think that they were trying to force uefa's hand because then when they do go into negotiations um whether it's over the coming months or weeks or years um you know uefa knows exactly what they want um, and be- better not step on their toes or um take away all of their ideas and so yeah mm. I, I absolutely believe that that's something that uh, or that that's why these guys will have pushed this now you know like i said the timing of it all was very funny uh, to be to to release it on on sunday night to not really have all of the ideas in place to to not really explain what it is um the 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 artwork of the super league picture that you will have seen everywhere everything it, it didn't seem a completed project you know it didn't seem like they yeah. had sat down properly and said this is what it is. This is what we want. This is when we'll announce it. Um, all of our signatures, uh, this is it. We are breaking away. It wasn't like that. It was, uh, I think it really was to to force UEFA's end. And now when these guys sit down, you know, to have a meeting 
the next time UEFA knows exactly where these guys stand and knows that they can't upset them too much because these guys will then really take it a step further. Yeah. Because if they want to break away, they will. You know, they they yeah. they will. Um, so yeah, it's interesting, but I don't think it's a conspiracy uh, theory, Stu. I honestly think that that's. Um, what was happening? You know, I, I sat down with uh, Deco Mudise, um, Bafana Bafana legend, and uh, IX Cape Town and Ma- Mamelodi Sundowns goalkeeper, uh, former, sorry, uh, Sean Roberts. Uh, here's what they had to say on the matter. Oh, absolutely disgusted. Um, it is just the most disrespectful thing to every fan around the world when you hear news like this. It is just absolute greed and that's all it is is greed 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 it's just about the money it's just about the money i think um so to put it in context uh if you qualify for the champions league you get 50 million pounds um and if you're involved in this you would stand to get 250 million pounds so that's all from the broadcasting rights so it's just absolute greed um and and you look at some of the clubs that are involved like your juventus your rail your barcelona all these clubs are bankrupt so these are the clubs that are pushing for it and and so you've got to think what you know why would someone like man city why would someone like chelsea why would someone whatever go go even look down this road when they're not bankrupt some of the richest clubs in the world and it's just down to greed and it's um and the worst part of it is some of these guys that own these Premier League teams aren't even English. And, and you know, and... Yeah, I'm, they're American. Yeah, and I'm going to be very surprised if they survive this as well. I think there's going to be a massive backlash. You've seen uh, Woodward has resigned as, as as chair of Man United. You've seen the same from Juventus. Um, I think he has not taken into account and how powerful the support system is of these teams and what it means to families around there. And what do you do as a fan now like thank god there's no seats available at the stadium because i promise you the next games would have been empty completely empty and i I don't know as as a fan what to think anymore and and i'm not a diehard fan like some of these guys are but as a diehard fan i I don't know what to think and how how to overcome this what are the clubs going to say what 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 are these american owners what are the glazers going to say now to the man united fans Oh, sorry. Uh, you know what? I, I I don't understand. It is disgusting, and it's, it's greed. And um, you know, you've seen uh, Jordan Henderson speak out. You've seen Gary Neville speak out, and, and it's great to see the players standing up for themselves. And it's just, it's it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, Deco, your thoughts? I mean, this is one of the most insane news stories or news weeks I've seen in recent history, just because of the backlash. Uh, from support you know you i know uh support barcelona as well and we've seen them have their meltdown over the course of the past few years um so it's clearly we all can see with our eyes this is a money-making scheme um so so what were you what was your initial reaction and and what are your thoughts on how quickly it's all collapsed look i think um the way they went about it in terms of how they announced it and uh, i think i think the, the biggest thing about the backlash is it's, it's fairly fairly visible it's, it's money-based and i think the fans as well they're still missing the game when i go back into the stadium and now you're telling them that actually you know it's, it's not going to be a fair play it's not going to be level grounded you know certain teams are going to be having the privilege so we're not going to we're, we're not going to have a football stories you know where there's emotion involved underdogs wins and all the competition behind the sports 
been taken to us and then the fans obviously will react to it but if you look at if you look if you look into the business side of things there's a reason why all these clubs are there's a bigger reason why this all stuff yes now they're reacting because of the fans are saying something else. but the situation that they were facing before the sign this contract is still there so i, be, I strongly believe that they'll be structured and come back again because yet again they withdraw from that but they haven't actually terminated the contract that they have with the super league so i think there's there's, there's more to the story that we've had in this time but yet again there's look at look at all the teams that have been and look at the fans the way they're reacting if now the problem could probably going to be uh, guys how do we okay let's sit down with fifa let's sit down with VF, and let's find a solution because if we don't find a solution we're still willing to go on our own way and then that's going to go pull down to the teams as two teams how do you educate your fans how do you be open and, and honest with your fans in, in terms of speaking of the finances i mean it's not barcelona alone that's struggling with finances you know, all the teams are struggling with the fans now. Now you, you, you're looking at Messi. We can't pay Messi that much. We can't pay Ronaldo that much. Worst thing is you can't even sign players anymore. You can't. Now, now all you want to do now is you want to release players. And then once you release players, now players now they don't have teams because people can't afford anymore. So I think there's bigger reasons today. It's just that the way they went about it, the way they structured it, it was wrong. So they need to, they need to re- restructure it. Yes, we want people to evolve. We want things to change. We want people to improve. We want players to earn more more tv rights but it needs to be level you know people need to have the same competition they have you know qualify of the same way probably maybe maybe better but I, I strongly believe that before champions league there was something and when champions league came through people got hurt that yeah you're taking our business now we're not gonna make money blah 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 champions league it is what it is today so i'm thinking super league is coming here because people are getting hurt people are feeling that it's not gonna be fair but if this doesn't succeed something else will and my demand call it Super League, but I promise you something else will because these teams, they've lost so much money. They need to regain that money because at the end of the day, it's all business. Well, there you have it. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our ear to the ground. Uh, but um, yeah, we needed to f- banter about this because what the f- happened this week? Holy wow. shit. <laughs> wild, wild, wild. Look, it was great for page views. I'll say that. Definitely. I've had a, I've had a great week. <laughs> Definitely. What and we're going to... More of this and more of Mourinho sacking, please. Yes, please, please. Let him get hired and fired again. <laughs> um, thank you very much. Uh, international news correspondent for Soccer I do, my Kurt Buckerfield. Have a fantastic day further, my dude. Cheers, Lou. See you, man. The Big Interview is a team effort driven by the following individuals at the SL Podcast. It is hosted and produced by Slu Paho. It is edited by Aidan Hewitt with graphics provided by Nino Segaleni. Brought to you by Sokola Duma.